this thing on? If you like rock music, punk, metal, or blues, then you've come to the right place because we like it too. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Soundcheck, the rock and roll alternative hip-hop music podcast here at Central Michigan Life. Yeah, you heard me correctly. We're not talking about rock today. We're getting our baby, Andrew, baby's first hip-hop playlist today. But uh, before we get into that... You're making it sound like it's a rite of passage. Yes, it is. is I I am the baby, Andrew Mullen. Yes. Evidently. Um, Introducing the baby, Andrew Mullen, and the podcast editor. (laughs) Yo, I'm Ben, and that's my name. And talking music is my game. (laughs) We are so, so aggressively white. (laughs) Yeah, we are. (laughs) Not, oh, God. Um, Do you you just want to address the elephant in the room out of the way? Right at the start. This, this particular episode has one specific goal and one specific goal only. It's to get Andrew into hip-hop because Ben and I have been uh, some longtime listeners. Uh, for me, at least, you know, around five years now, Ben, uh, maybe longer. Um, and, yeah, we're three white guys talking about hip-hop music. We're addressing no particular era or um, sect or, like, branch of hip-hop it's all just like dependent on what andrew already listens to the sounds and lyrical styles that he already is kind of into and segueing him into that this particular side of music um that's the specific goal that's really it um there's not going to really be any sort of long conversations about um history or um historical relevance other than the around the music that Andrew has picked for us to present today. Um, so, Andrew's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and just to kind of chip off that, so pretty much we're, we're not here to kind of, going off the kind of, you know, topic, you know, um, I mean, considering our, our backgrounds, I mean, we're not really here to, um, we're not trying to make this general overall, like, like Michael said, history lesson. We're not trying to be like this, huge you know statement on hip-hop it's just kind of about getting me into, into the genre and then something I, i've wanted to do now for actually for quite a bit so um just, just that's just we want to take away from here so we just kind of want to wanted to address that at the top of this episode so um good to, good to address good goal right away but uh some housekeeping we got to take care of am i right so uh follow us on twitter at s check official follow me at michael c live uh Andrew Mullen four. You can I don't know, maybe see my articles at the mid the daily news because that's yes. Right Congrats on the new gig, my friend. Oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you. And uh I think the Midland area, I guess. I don't, don't yeah. And I think we should actually post the playlist this week because it's pretty important to the episode as a whole. Um Ben, mm-hmm. why don't you explain a little bit of what we did for this episode? Um yeah, so uh a, a little while ago, start of the week maybe a little earlier, um, the week of recording, Michael, myself, and one or two or three-time guest Brody Britton all sat around and sort of just threw rap songs around in the room, threw them at the walls and see what stuck. And we ended up with, let's see, we ended up with about uh, 35 songs. 
um, at the end of the night that we sent over to Andrew and just said, here, we sort of arranged it as if it was on an LP, so that's kind of how we sequenced it. Um, and it's just kind of stuff that I like, stuff that Brody likes, stuff that Michael likes, catered to Andrew's tastes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, yeah, and then Andrew listened to all that and picked out some stuff, and we have 10 songs from those 35 that we're going to specifically talk about today. We'll probably ask him some questions about some other stuff that was on there, but that's really it. Yeah, it it was a very long but fun process putting that playlist together. Uh, we went, I we got to explore music that we Ben and I weren't like. We got to trade, you know, songs back and forth. We explored tons of eras, tons of scenes, and yeah. At the end of the day, it's like, how can we get a, a punk rock boy, punk rock baby, into hip hop? And that's I don't what we're going to do. I, I don't know how comfortable I feel if you guys call me a baby throughout this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That'll be the last time. Thank you. But yeah, no, that was the goal. And uh, well, I won't spoil my thoughts right, right, right so far. But I know you guys, especially you, Michael, you have wanted to do this for a long time. You, you, you said early on in our in our friendship that one of the goals you wanted, you wanted you wanted to achieve with me was to get me in into this genre get me into this music and um i, I guess kind of before i get into my whole history with the genre, well, well little history there is um i know you guys are bigger fans of the uh, uh, of this genre you guys kind of know obviously a lot of the bigger names some of your lesser known names i want to hear you guys is uh, history with uh, rap and hip-hop um maybe throw out some of your favorites and uh why you wanted to do this for me uh, for this episode. So uh, whoever wants to go first, go ahead. Why don't you start? Okay. Um, so I started getting into hip hop and rap music, which are terms we're going to be using interchangeably today, probably around, uh, it was somewhere in the middle of, of high school. It was something that very slowly started similarly to my entry into country music. Um, I'd find a song here and there that I really liked. I, I still remember, um, first listening to straight out of Compton when I was in uh, like freshman or sophomore year of high school. And that's a really eye opening album for someone from uh, Mason, Michigan, who's surrounded by cornfields. But um, I don't know. I, I sort of, I slowly got into it. I found songs here and there that I liked. I liked some NWA stuff. I liked some, uh, a tribe called quest was probably the first group that I really got into. Thanks to my friend Declan. Um, and I sort of, I, I've 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 gravitated towards the specific period of time that I uh, enjoy the specific short-lived period of early '90s rap. That's really my bread and butter, which is like the uh, Native Tongues, Daisy Age. I have so many words for it: Afrocentric East Coast sound, uh, also known as conscious hip hop, or the beginnings of alternative hip hop or jazz rap, which includes artists like De La Soul and a tribe called Quest, who are both Native Tongues. Uh, part of it as well as Arrest Development and the second Beastie Boys album I also include in that somewhat but um, really positive mellow stuff with uh, psychedelic elements is really where I end up Um, but yeah I mean it was just a a gradual process and I had issues with drum machines and I had issues with sampling because they're stealing other people's music but uh you you kind of get over that once you try to sample something for yourself and you realize oh this is really really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I, did you have a similar experience, Michael? How was your experience? 
Mine was similar, but also in a way sort of backwards because I had those same roadblocks as a young teenager having problems with samples and being this rock and roll kid that thought, oh, you can't sample things. You can't use drum machines. It's not real music. I mean, what a dumbass opinion that is. And then, you know, when my friends started, uh, you know, turning to, uh, you know, rap and hip hop music, I felt like, oh, we're why are all why do these biases even matter and i actually started on the experimental end first sort of the new age 2000 stuff first so that includes uh title the creator that includes um earl sweatshirt and the odd future collective mainly um that's probably what i was first exposed to and then from there it took to mf doom and then even more experimental death grips clipping shabazz palaces stuff like that um so that's where it started and then i had to work my way back and mm -hmm. now um i find myself uh actually just starting to really deep dive into the native tongues um sort of that afrocentrism that took hold of new york just for those few like short but sweet years yeah. um and i i really find myself loving that stuff but um, I want to make this recommendation to anybody before we start diving into this music. If you yourself want to get into the history, the evolution of this genre, go ahead and listen and watch um, this beautiful documentary on Netflix called Evolution of Hip Hop or Hip Hop Evolution. Right? Um, takes you era by era, um, somewhat chronologically, but also scene by scene and just gives you an overview with all of them. Great interviews, great hosts, um, just a fantastic documentary that anybody should check out. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, before we move on, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the group that originally got me into hip-hop music, which is, of course, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, <laughs> which is not a joke. Yeah. Unfortunate. That's, but that's real. Um <laughs> Andrew, do you want to just give a little background on your history or lack thereof with uh, hip hop and rap music? Sure. Um, you know, it's it's interesting. So you guys kind of it's interesting that you guys kind of both um, kind of like narrowed down sampling and um, drum machines is something that um, that kind of drew propelled you away from the genre. And for me, it was kind of, that wasn't the reason, you know, it, it, as, as again, a young teenager kind of growing, you're growing up and getting into music um, for like, like or late middle school or high school is when I was first really starting to become a big fan of music. I was really into rock. I was really into, you know, uh, you know, classic 80s, you know, hair metal and, and you know, 70s hard rock. That's where I started. And, you know, kind of we go into grunge and pop punk and then eventually punk, blah, 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 kind of as time went on. But, you know, what early on, like stuff that really drew me to music wasn't just, you know, it had to be loud and fast was like one of my big rules. And when I was like really narrowed my music view, but also just had to be melodic. I, I was really into vocals mm. and that's, I think, what really propelled me away from rap. Another a stupid belief I had growing up, I used to think, well, they're just talking really fast. What is the big deal here? Obviously, a really stupid conclusion to come to with the genre. And I know now, 
now that obviously there's plenty of because of course a lot of pop stars guest on, on on songs or you know just a lot of different musicians will guest and will add like like a, a more melodic vocal center chorus um you know now or even then with certain flow t- certain flow types um rappers are able to rap in a more melodic style i don't know all i know all this now you know even you know even as someone who's still very much a noob uh lack of a better term for the genre uh i know all that now but growing up i was a stupid kid so i didn't know um but funny enough it was the sampling that actually caught me to at least start respecting the genre a bit more um i i think it wasn't Definitely not the one that you mentioned, Michael, because it sounds like that documentary you just you just brought up a uh, a moment ago was is kind of a newer one. But uh, like a high school music appreciation class towards the end of the uh, semester, uh, the I had a teacher the teacher for that class showed this documentary about like kind of the evolution of hip hop. I don't think we made it in that far. I think we probably watched like the f- part one or two, which is in a very early, like the late seventies, early eighties kind of development of that and how it kind of came out of New York and, you know, kind of came from sampling, you know, you know, dance clubs, you know, DJs would take, you know, old songs, they would take fog hat records or some, some dumb crap like that and kind of rework it into something new. And I, but I when I watched that, not really understanding much about how sampling worked i was like oh oh wow that's actually kind of really cool and inventive like i i actually really admired you know the genre for that that they if someone could take the eye of some old you know an older piece of art and then rework it into something new reworking into something fresher and and of course eventually i learned more about instrumental making how much of an art in of a, you know in of, of itself that is so yeah, I mean, I, I that kind of what got me to really appreciate um, the genre, and of course, eventually it was the social change too that really got me into it. A uh, rap song I, I've one of the few rap songs I've actually really liked a lot was KRS One's uh, "Sound of the Police," which obviously is all about police brutality. It's a great song. Um, eventually got into Rage for a while. I wasn't even into Rage; it's how bad it was. But I eventually got into Rage Against the Machine. Um, you know, body count, not fully a rap rock group, but, but, you know, at parts there is. So, uh, there's that. And I, I don't know, you know, I, I, I grew to just really respect the genre, respect its status as a voice for, for black artists and for black people and uh, kind of a movement for social change. Um, but yeah, beyond that, it's just getting into the music itself. You know, I'm still to this day a melody guy. That's what I love about music. I love crafting it. In fact, you might hear a lot about that on next week's show, but I'm only going to hit it that for now. But yeah, um, I so I think that's what still has kind of drawn me, kind of like scared me from kind of diving into it. And of course, as much as I'm familiar with a lot of big names and I've picked up a lot of bits and pieces of history and terminology over the years, I'm still not entirely sure what artists to start with. For a while, I didn't even know the difference between a mixtape. In fact, I'm still not even entirely sure the difference between a mixtape and a hip hop album. It's, you know, it's just so much of it is kind of almost daunting to me. It's like, I don't know where to start. And uh, I don't know, I guess maybe it just took you two to just kind of throw me into the deep end kind of, I don't know, for me to get going. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. It, there really wasn't any adversarial reason other than I just don't know really where to go, you know? So um, I guess to this, I guess the point of this episode is to kind of give me direction. Yes. Yeah. And, and to expel 
previous uh, biases and stuff. I think this goes for everybody. If you had a same evolution like us and, you know, you had these biases about um, production or music writing or anything like that, I'm going to tell you right now, your biases are stupid and you should go check out that genre that you find completely repulsive. That could be country music, that could be bluegrass music, it could be jazz or rock or anything. Um, there, there's go into music with the assumption that there's something there for you. And there's definitely at least 10 songs here for Andrew. So what is the first on our list? Oh, well, I'm glad you asked, Michael. Uh, you're, you're kicking it off for us here with um, a, a little a little known artist, very obscure artist, <laughs> Nas. How, how about you take us into it, Michael? Well, uh, even if you weren't familiar with Nas, like Ben's implying, you've definitely seen a bunch of T-shirts with this album cover before. Uh, and the cover is pretty important. I mean, it's a young black boy looking out the window onto Queensburg, New York, um, just in New York Street, taking, taking in what he's growing up in and what his future is. And that's going to be pretty important for the whole album. Uh, Illmatic is a benchmark in East Coast hip hop. It's no wonder the album got put into the Library of Congress this year. Um, Queens Bridge had a very influential scene in the 80s, um, but it can often be overlooked by the stuff that was coming out of the Bronx, which is kind of where a lot of historians trace the first elements of hip hop starting. Um, and at the same time, too, you had that alternative, jazzy, colorful stuff coming from, you know, De La Soul, a tribe called Quest and stuff like that. So this album had a lot of great contemporaries to contend with. But even through all of that, I think what made this album so popular was the way it brought hardcore to the East Coast. So in a time where what was considered hard was Schoolie D and LL Cool J, <laughs> uh, the album was... I mean, it was perfectly embodies the, the core principles of what rap and hip hop is. And I feel like this is a bias that a lot of people have to get over is rap and hip hop tells it like it is. It's not hidden under a color from metaphor, especially on an album like Illmatic. This is giving you the true picture. Um, and why I, I think we put this in here for Andrew was um, some parts on the instrumentation and the lyrical side of things. Got some jazzy pianos, which I think Andrew's going to really look. I thought Andrew was going to really like that hard delivery, a catchy chorus, which you know helps anybody. Um, political lyricism, which I know Andrew always comes around to. And of course, the historical context. So, you know, that's how I kind of developed my thought process was like, where does this stand? in the grandscape of hip-hop why andrew so i don't know do it do all of those kind of reasons stand up for you andrew all right well first so, maybe we should play it yeah, I'll I, play yeah it. i'm sorry about I that say, let's hear the song first yes It's mine, it's mine, it's mine, whose world is this? The 
world is yours. The world is yours. I sip the dumb peak, watching Gandhi till I'm charged and writing in my book of rhymes. All the words past the margin, the whole of mic I'm throbbing. Mechanical movement, understandable smooth shit that murderers move with. The thief's theme, play me at night, they won't act right. The fiend of hip hop has got me stuck like a crack pipe. The mind activation, react like I'm facing time, like Pappy Mason with pins I'm embracing. Wipe the sweat off my dome, spit the phlegm on the streets. Sway Tim's on my beats, makes my cipher complete. Weather cruising in a six cab, I'm on tarot deep. I can't call it. The beats make me falling asleep. I keep falling, but never falling six feet deep. I'm out for presidents to represent me. Say what? I'm out for presidents to represent me. Say what? I'm out for dead presidents to represent me. Me. World is this? The world is yours. The world is yours. The world is yours. The world is yours. And since I think I forgot to mention it in my description, that was uh, a song off Illmatic called The World Is Yours. So what'd you think, Andrew? Uh, well, Michael, your assumption was correct. And this was a perfect song to put in for a place for me. Um, pretty much everything you mentioned uh, kind of to describe this song is why I liked it a lot. Um, I will say, and this is very embarrassing for me. This is genuinely very embarrassing for me. Um, obviously, I was aware of Nas. I was aware of Illmatic by names only. I, I really, I, I, I had seen that album cover everywhere, like you said, Michael, for the longest time. This was legit the first time listening I had ever listened to a Nas song. Like in preparation for this episode, it was like, I mean, there there are certain artists that I I had heard some stuff from on this playlist, um, but Nas was a name I, I I it was a name I've known for a long time, but just never really listened to. And uh, just based on this one song, I can already see why everyone praises Illmatic uh, to this day. Um, a lot of stuff you're gonna find that I favored on this episode. A, I, I tend to go back to the classic stuff a lot. I, stuff from the 90s and the 80s, I really enjoy. Um, I, I really like, you said, Michael, kind of these jazzier rap songs. I found myself really drawn to. In fact, there was another one that I almost made my uh, my list, but that quite didn't, that you guys put on my overall like 35-song playlist. Uh, I think it was called My Philosophy, Boogie Down Productions is the artist. Really liked that one for the same reason. Uh, these really fun, jazzy pianos. Love half songs with pianos. I don't know why. I think there's just... I always just like that dissonance between this really forceful, dramatic delivery with these, you know, just kind of, you know, like single out like piano notes in the background. It's really interesting. Um... Beat was was solid. Um, I obviously I love political lyrics about growing up in you know the city, hard times, kind of coming from nothing, and kind of realizing that you had, you know, be, because of because of the background and who you are. Yeah, you kind of had to do some stuff you're not proud of, but it's the situation you're, you're you're put in, you know. And I don't know. I really appreciate the themes on that. And like you said, Michael, I was definitely more drawn to lyrically. I was definitely drawn to the songs, more songs. To, guy revving outside my apartment really loud <laughs> i'm sorry no, uh, it's okay i was i was really lyrically i was really drawn to the songs that had a lot of political messaging um and, and those ended up being some of my favorite tracks so yeah um yeah this was just a really solid 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 song and 
it's one that I really appreciated. So that's why well, I singled it out among we, the 10 that we'll be talking about today. Yes. You also did make a specific request, Andrew, in our, in our playlist crafting here. And I think uh, Ben is going to bring that up a little bit. Yeah. Um, so we sent a, an early version of this playlist over to Andrew uh, and his, his one, his one humble request that he had that honestly, I think ended up making it a lot better was, um, for just a little more representation of women, which is honestly something that has been asked for in the world of hip hop and rock and just music in general for a really long time. Um, so our, our early version sort of, we had a, a handful of women on it, but it, it kind of, it didn't feature as many women just because that's not really where we were coming from. You know, I listen to a lot of groups. There aren't as many groups of women in hip hop. There aren't as many women. If you're pulling stuff from the nineties and eighties, like we were, um, but we ended up adding some essentials that I think I'm, I'm really happy about the first who I'm going to try and, and fail to do justice is queen Latifah. Um, probably definitely one of the most famous names on our playlist overall. Um, as much for rapping as for um, acting. Uh, <laughs> um, she's from Newark, New Jersey, and she released her first album with Def Jam, the same label that brought us the Beastie Boys, amongst many other artists, in 1989. Um, she's widely known as a, a, a feminist icon in rap music. Um, uh, she, she's a rapper who also sings with a two-octave range, which... Up to this point, this album came out in 93, but 89 especially, it was kind of a rare thing, um, something that's become a lot bigger within the last 20 years. Um, she was a second wave member of Native Tongues, which is a collective I mentioned earlier based out of New York City that included also artists like A Tribe Called Quest, De La Soul, Jungle Brothers, um, and another artist we're going to be talking about in a little bit. Um, the song that we decided to put on here is U-N-I-T-Y, Unity. Um, and this is a rap song with a feminist message about a few different things, including uh, harassment on the street, uh, violence against women, as well as sexism in hip-hop specifically, which is probably one of the first times that that issue was taken on at all within the genre. So um, I'm going to play a little bit of Unity, and then we'll kind of get Andrew's thoughts on it. Certified classic. Certified classic. Absolutely. 
What did you like about this one specifically, Andrew? So when uh, when I had to like when you guys asked me to narrow it down to at least ten songs that I really liked, I think I had well, initially twenty, and you guys got Ben got very angry at me because it's like, <laughs> well, we're not talking about that many. It's like the last stuff I really liked on here, so I was like, okay, fair enough. But I knew for for certain that Unity was getting on this. Uh, the Unity was going in my uh my my ten songs because. I don't know, like this one and two other songs we're going to talk about are kind of rivaling for my favorite uh, that I heard uh, for this. It, it, it's really good. And this is actually a song I knew. I had actually knew about and heard uh, before jumping onto this, uh, 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 jumping into researching for this episode. I had a music appreciation class my sophomore year here at CMU and the professor, uh, she actually played a uh, th- this song. It's kind of a, because I, I think we're on like a, a section of the class talking about like uh um you know sexism and music uh, or something attuned to that and uh she played this song and it was and i was kind of blown away i was like oh this is really cool uh the saxophone's an awesome touch i think she kind of explained it about how saxophones usually viewed as like a masculine quote-unquote instrument and how she's kind of repurposing that for the song which i think was really cool um the her delivery her flow forceful it's aggressive and it's awesome uh the lyrics are fantastic um seriously like it, this is probably one of the most powerful songs against sexism i've ever heard in fact there is a great song sorry great sorry great line in in this uh and well, of course a really important one too kind of uh down in like the second verse i want to say um where she's talking about being a domestic uh, domestic you know domestic abusive relationship and uh where is it um it, and and there's a line kind of coming from like uh kind of referring to uh stuff her partner sold her you say that i'm nothing with you but i but you say i'm no, you say i'm nothing without you but i'm nothing with you which is <laughs> yeah i mean i don't think it get more direct than that i i love this song so much everything about it, it was great and yeah, I, I it, it makes me really curious what all she has because this is the only song I've really heard from Queen Latifah, and I, I mean, this makes me want to hear more. I mean, this is definitely a uh, spoiler. Um, definitely is one of the songs that I think is making me a fan of the genre now. So, um, so I probably wanted to wait to the end for that for that revelation. But now I, I I found myself really enjoying the genre and it's songs like Unity that made me really enjoy it. So yeah, classic without a doubt, and I love this. And it's not the last time you will hear some female representation on this playlist. Very true. But for now, Michael, um, I think we're going to be talking next about uh, a group, uh, a part of which was recently at CMU. (laughs) This was so sick. I wish I could have actually attended this event. But yeah, we're we're heading back to some more certified classics, uh, starting with Eric B. and Rakim, one of the most influential duos in the history of rap and hip hop. And and that's not a overstatement. Uh, We're going to mainly focus on Rakim's delivery um, and if, like Ben was saying, Rakeem was actually doing a, a speaking event here um, maybe a couple months ago, um, which was really cool. But we should also address that Eric B. is able to p- put together some really gritty, bouncy, over-the-top beats to accompany all of that kind of new age delivery. It's so good. But yeah, Rakeem 
pioneered that free rhythm style. And, and what, I, what I mean by that is up until this point in hip hop history, you're getting a lot of the simple rhyme structures that KRS-One, uh, Run DMC, all of those classic um, groups, they were putting on the simple rhyme structure what we would look back now as very cheesy. And even back then it was getting sort of stale and cheesy. And I think the coolest quote from Rakim was in that documentary, Evolution of Hip Hop, or uh, Hip Hop Evolution. He said, I wanted to rap like Coltrane playing, played the sax. And uh, it was, the result was this sort of relaxed, stoic, kind of sensual, but I mean, it could knock you out out of nowhere. And I think Don't Sweat the Technique is the, their most popular song, but it, I cannot think of a better example um, to kind of demonstrate all of what makes this dude's like rhyme so sick. And I think the reason we picked this for Andrew specifically was like, of course, these horns you're getting all throughout the song, the bass and the drums. It's a jazz song in, in its essence, but it came together as this just beautiful rap sequence. So yeah, let's hear a little bit of Don't Sweat the Technique. Sweat the technique. Don't sweat the technique. Let's trace the hits and check the file. Let's see who bit the dot tech the style. I flip the script so they can't get filed. At least not now, it'll take a while. I change the pace to complete the beat. I drop the bass to MC, get weak. For every road they trace, is a scar they keep. Cause when I speak, they freak to sweat the technique. I made my debut in 86 with a melody in a president's mix. And I'll stay on target and refuse to miss. And I still make hits for beats. Parties, clubs, and cars and jeeps. My underground sound vibrates the streets. MCs wanna beef, then I play for keeps. When they sweat the technique. Some more jazzy stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why he's talking about technique so much. It's because, you know, at the time, so many people were copying Rakim's, uh, you know, ability to rhyme in this sort of bouncy, jazzy way that, yeah, he had to write the right to come out and sort of brag about his pioneering of this style. It, it really is to this day. I mean, a lot of the ways we hear rap nowadays can be traced back to Rakeem's flow. So what do you think, Andrew? Um, yeah, I mean, the reason I put this one here, because it's just absolutely kind of like Nas is absolutely solid. I really, really liked this. Um, I, was, I think I was driving to, uh, if I was actually, I mentioned working a bit earlier, I was actually driving to Midland with my girlfriend and we, and and, and I was, we were listening to some of this, and uh, this came on. We both had no clue who these two were. I, I don't, at least I don't think she did. Um, and we were just kind of blown away how awesome it sounded. Um, it, just really cool, interesting beats. Really awesome drum rhythm. I love that, love that bass, uh, bass riff that you kind of hear underneath everything. Uh, the delivery was just really, really cool. 
that and that sax. Oh, that sax is oh, it's perfect. Oh, it, it sounds perfect. Yeah. I don't know. Everything just everything about the song just blends together like just oh, just a, I don't know, just like a nice soup. I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't think of a, I couldn't think of a better uh, metaphor than that. But no, everything just yeah, it it, it just sounds really cool. And uh, the only thing that I was kind of like through really just didn't really do much for me at first not the lyrics i'm not saying the lyrics were bad and of course now that you've kind of explained kind of like the uh the historical context between michael i appreciate them a lot more but you know kind of like i said at the start i'm kind of more interested in you know the political uh stuff when people have you know something to say on that front and to winning i know there's a lot of songs that kind of brag about i'm a great rapper i'm cool hey yeah. you know which, which is fine. I'm, I'm not. I'm not knocking it. I'm not going to say that's like wrong or anything. Obviously, it's not. But I don't know. Like, I guess maybe just because I've just haven't really been into the genre very long. I just. It didn't know. Like, like it, it's just. It's just. It's just a topic that doesn't really interest me very much. I'm kind of more interested in, you know, more introspective stuff and more political stuff. Um. So. Yeah, you're um, raising an interesting point, Andrew, because a lot of what you're talking about is what limited a lot of the songs that Ben and I were putting in there. Because we knew, we knew right away that like the braggadocious lyrical content was not going to be your cup of tea mm -hmm. because that is so for that scene and so for the people that were in there that it's kind of like, you know, it's even hard yeah. for you know people like ben knight to really come around and appreciate yeah, and, 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 and again that makes complete sense which is why I, again i want to clarify again i'm not like knocking it like oh this is terrible if you write just how about like how awesome your rap for your i listen like i said i'm not from that i'm definitely not from that scene again white guy uh growing up in like Mich michigan suburb you know i i i haven't listened to the genre for very much so yeah, I completely understand. I, I, I'm very well, well aware why it's not for me. So, yeah. So I'm not I'm not knocking it. But from what I want to listen to personally, I mean, lyrically, didn't appreciate. Um, I, 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 I want something that kind of says something more political like. So but that's just, again, that's really just a nitpick and a personal thing. Uh, again, they're, these guys' flow and lyrical uh, prowess, very well done. So, no. this I had never heard of uh, Eric B and Rakim first time hearing uh, these guys by name and by song and by, and by the music. And I have to say, I have a, uh, I have a very good first impression. I really enjoyed this. Okay. Honestly, um, you bring up sort of the braggadocious element that can be found in a, a fair amount of hip hop music. And we're kind of continuing that theme with the next song. Um, so, I'm going to bungle this royally, I'm sure. There's not really much that you can say about the Wu-Tang Clan that hasn't already been said. Um, they were a absolutely groundbreaking 8, then 9, then 10, then 9 member crew um, of MCs. Uh, they had a an interesting obsession with uh, sort of old kung fu movies and martial arts and things like that, which I haven't really been able to find the root of totally. Um a lot of members have split off and come back and done their own solo projects, Old Dirty Bastard, Rest in Peace, uh, chiefly among them. Um, they were just a pioneering group in the East Coast hardcore scene. Um, definitely a big influence on artists like DMX, recently Rest in Peace. Um, their debut album, 36 Chambers, 
is widely considered one of the greatest hip-hop albums of all time, and rightfully so. The song that we're playing from that is The Mystery of Chess Boxing, which is basically, amongst other things, one of those braggadocia-filled songs. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention that it was inspired by the 1979 Hong Kong kung fu movie Mystery of Chess Boxing, in which, for the record, the villain is named the Ghostface Killer. Um, so here's a little bit of the mystery of chess boxing. Wait. A game of chess is like a sword fight. You must think first before you move. Style is immensely strong and immune to nearly any weapon. When it's properly used, it's almost invincible. I'ma give it to ya, with no trivia Roll like cocaine straight from Bolivia My hip-hop will rock and shock the nation Like the Emancipation Proclamation We MCs approach with slang is dead Them eyes are running to the wall and bang your head I push a force, my force you're doubting I'm making devils cower to the caucus mountain Well I'm a sire, I set the microphone on fire Rap styles vary and carry like Mariah I come from the Shaolin slum And the ally I'm from is coming through with enough niggas Enough guns, so if you wanna come sweating Stressing, contesting you got your soft swords at the midsection. Don't talk the talk if you can't walk the walk. Phony niggas are outlined and chalk. I'm mad vex, is what the projects make me. Rebel to the grain, there's no way to barricade me. Steamroller niggas like an 18 wheeler. What the drunk driver driving? There's no surviving. Rough like Timberland, where? Yeah, me and the clan and yo, the land cruisers out there. Peace to all the crooks, all the niggas with bad looks. Warhead braids, blow this hook. We pack chrome text, nigga play the max. Black axe, drug dealing styles with fat stacks. Only been a good nigga for a minute though, cause I got to get my props and win it. Yo, I got beef with commercial ass niggas with gold teeth. Lampin' in a Lexus seat and beef. Straight up and down, don't even bother. I got 40 niggas up in here now who kill niggas for my people's are you with me where you at? In the front, in the back, killer bees on the tap. My people's are you with me where you at? Smoking up, hitting gaps on the block with the gap. Here I go, deep tight flow. Jack you stole, can never get this. No, I'm Terry Bomb and shit. Boom, that's warming up a little bit. Why did you cut it at the ODB verse? You know, you gotta cut it somewhere. That's like a two minute clip. That's like our top, tip top max. And I just, <laughs> I had to leave the intro in and I was just like, oh. God, where am I even going to cut this off? Yes. We'd love to play full songs on here, but, you know, we do yes. our best. We're not, we're, not, we're not the radio. Well, the cool, thing, the cool thing about Wu-Tang is whatever voice you like hearing on there, you can just go to their solo stuff and listen to it all there. Because they were kind of the first collective to do the sort of bond together on, on a group project and then split off and do their own thing and sort of just create a monopoly of... Uh, uh, on the east coast scene it was insane no one ever has ever done that before and now everybody tries to do that yeah so. um and also they're probably the they're they're the artist with the most expensive album of all time um their their album that they sold auctioned off and ended up unfortunately in martin shkreli's hands and then was uh, like repossessed by yeah. the government and now i don't know where it is I, I heard it might <laughs> might have been auctioned off somewhere. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, so it's actually really funny that you brought that up, Ben, because that's probably the thing I knew most about uh, the Wu Tang Clan, uh, and still know the most about the Wu Tang Clan is the saga of uh, what was that? Once upon a time in Shaolin was that the name of the album? I think so. Um, yeah, Martin Screlling and his super villain ways and whatnot. But yeah. <laughs> I know way too much about that saga, but no, uh, Wu-Tang Clan, uh, of course I, beyond that, uh, beyond that, uh, weird saga, I, I, had, I knew him of course by name, 
I, you can't escape the Wu-Tang Clan. I knew that they are. That's right. I, I definitely knew, I, I, apropos to one of the songs on their album, that they ain't nothing to F with. So um, beyond that, I, music, I, I don't know. They have music. Uh, I just know them and they have like 10,000 different members, all with kind of weird names. I I don't know. But uh, I can say this. I really like this song. Um, and this, again, love, 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 love hip hop with the, with pianos. Absolutely loved you got. I think you got it the first first on that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just really gruff, growly voice. I was like, whoa, okay, who's this? This is cool. I I don't know. It's just fun. They're just fun. They're just a lot of fun. I, I absolutely loved this. Um, and uh, you know, I, I mentioned earlier. I really, I should probably mention this now because uh, I know I mentioned earlier. I found myself really being drawn to the classic stuff. Um, you know, this song, along with a lot of other songs around around the time in the early 90s, uh, luckily my girlfriend was in the car who knows way more about this genre than I do, uh, like you guys. So she was very helpful with my listening experience. And she said, yeah, this is kind of indicative. Uh, the, the song used to love those boom pap drum, like the drum beats and the, and kind of the drum sounds that uh, you hear a lot in the classic, in the classic hip hop genre. Am I correct there? Yeah, Okay. definitely. Okay. Uh, so, which I really like the sound of because you guys mentioned drum machines earlier, and the one and the one place where I will agree is trap. I I cannot stand those trap beats and those like really synthetic sounding trap drums. Not that that, that production style is not for me, but I really like how this sounds. I really mm. love how the drums on this song and other rap songs at the time sound like. I really love them. So yeah, this is just fun. So that's why I put it down here. It's really fun. And uh, uh, I, 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 it's just one of those groups I'm genuinely interested in learning more about because it's just, like you said, there's like eight or like ten, nine or ten different people that have come from this group and uh, all with their very own successful, maybe probably different degrees, I'd imagine, but successful solo careers. So yeah. I don't know. They're definitely an important institution of the genre. So. For sure. I, I, I saw them live a few years ago. Oh. Um, they are still very excellent. Old Dirty Bastard's um, son, I think, is uh, is in his place now. Sounds exactly like him. Um, it, it It's of note as well. That's also the most weed I've ever smelled in my life was when <laughs> I was there. But that's a side note. Um, I think we can go on to your, your next explanation, Michael. Yes. Let me pull it up real quick because now... We're taking it into the the more recent stuff. Modern and times. Modern times. So <laughs> we're we're moving away from the classics just briefly. Well, but, I'd um, say this is a new classic. This is a new classic. Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, how can you talk about a hip hop rap playlist without talking Kendrick? So. Uh, this album, I bet everyone who likes hip hop has probably told Andrew, including me, how groundbreaking it is. And they're right. Uh, <laughs> to Pimp a Butterfly, got the 10 from Fantano, the Rolling Stone top album list, every other award you can imagine. Um, the main characteristic of the album is how Kendrick is able to blend so many variants of historical black music. I mean, funk, blues, jazz, bebop, it's all there and while these days i find myself going back to good kid mad city um for lyrics i always find myself coming to to pimp a butterfly for the um the musicality of it and i king kunta specifically has always been my favorite track 
uh, it just get it's gets so intense. There's so much emotion. There's so many intricacies in the lyrics. So much history behind it, um, and I so much history that I couldn't really find a consensus on where the lyrics derive from. Um, but uh, the most common answer comes from different literature involving slave dynamic and, and African culture. Um, a lot of them um, from Things Fall Apart. Even I, I found that being cited, um, and I still have yet to find out what yams mean. Uh, so if you know what's the yams, feel free to leave a comment uh, on this one. Uh, but why Andrew? Um, simply because Kendrick's reputation really uh, exceeds him and needs to be talked about and it needs to be kind of shown to everybody and kind of proved why he's, he's one of the greatest. Um, the funky instrumentation specifically on this song, I think it would hit perfectly for Andrew's ears the socially conscious lyrics throughout it and how it's sort of it's there it are these braggadocious lyrics but there's a whole other element to it it's coming on top and f still feeling like you have to return to this place that you came from and return to this culture that you grew up in and while it may be a toxic culture returning and saying look at me i'm on top now um the production sampling i think is perfect and it's just a great example of something new, something that it, through all this years of evolution that we're talking about is, you know, there's still so much ground, move or ground to move in this genre. And it gets you so excited when you hear, you know, Kendrick's music to think like, God, who is the next Kendrick Lamar? Mm -hmm. That's the topic on everyone's head. Whenever you hear an up and coming rapper, are they in the new Kendrick? You know what I mean? And Kendrick's not even done yet. At least I hope he's not. So yeah, uh, you can't really have this episode without Kendrick. So here's King Kunta. Yeah, fuck the judge, I made it past 25 And now I was a little nappy-headed nigga with the world behind him Life ain't shit but a fat vagina Screaming, Annie, are you okay? Annie, are you okay? Limotinic with the gold play Straight from the bottom, Mr. Belly at a beast From a peasant to a prince to a motherfucking king Oh yeah! Bitch, where you and I was By the time you hear the next pop The funk shall be within you Now I run the game, got the whole world talking King Kota, everybody wanna cut the legs off King Kota Man taking no losses. Oh, yeah. Bitch, where you and I was walking. Now I run the game, got the whole world talking. King Kota, everybody wanna cut the legs off. <laughs> That's one of those songs you just hear it and you know he had so much fun making that, you know? Mm -hmm. God, it's great. Yeah. I figured you'd specifically like that uh, interlude at the very end that closes the song, Andrew. Oh, absolutely. Probably one of the reasons why I've, I, sing, I, I singled this one out. Yeah, uh, obviously, I was very much hoping there would be a Kendrick song on here, especially since Michael was helping curate this. I knew one would slide in somehow, especially from, from A Pimp to Butterfly. Obviously, I've heard all the hype around this album. I know... Uh, a lot of music critics, even one, even I there's even like a YouTube critic I used to watch, uh, who like just focuses on like metal. He'd be like cross genres just so we can specifically talk about this album. Um, and it was all the praise he was getting. Of course, I, 
of course I knew someday I would have to at least hear something from this album. And I mean, I always wanted to, part of me always did want to, but again, I, I think part of my fear was, would this be a good place to start with hip hop? And if not, I didn't want to like ruin, you know, my, my chances of liking this album uh, or the genre if, if it just wasn't like kind of what I was ready for. But it's something I kind of failed to mention at the start of this episode. Um, I, for the past six months or say, I've been kind of slowly more and more so letting hip hop kind of enter my conscious. I know uh, my partner, she's been introducing me to a lot of uh, hip hop groups over the years that I should listen to. Um, in fact, including, including a couple more recent ones. In fact, one of them's going to be a recommendation letter, my recommendation later. Um, but yeah, I similar. I don't want to say similar to this. I think they're pretty different artists. But uh, she had me listen to uh, "This Is America" by Childish Gambino, which I think is also a really interesting song. And I was really hoping for some more modern, socially conscious rap. And obviously, that's what I got here with uh, um, Kendrick. I mean, obviously, this instrumentally, this um, this song's a ton of fun. Uh, this has got a great hook. I love the chorus to this to this uh, song. It's fantastic. But I, I think he manages to blend um, uh, kind of kind of that fun atmosphere with a very serious topic. I know uh, he kind of references uh, the movie Roots a lot on this. So it's obviously a reference to slavery um, and just kind of like experiences of living as a black man in America. So, I mean, this is a really, uh, I mean, I lyrically, I absolutely love this. Instrumentally, I absolutely love this. And uh, uh, vocally, I think he had a really fun kind of flow to it. It was just kind of this like, Again, I, I, I am not the person here to talk about flow at all. But I just kind of, he had almost said in this, like, his delivery was almost like spit something out, pause for like half a second, and I keep going. And it was a really, like, interesting way to, I think, deliver everything. I don't know if I said that right at all. But <laughs> I don't know. I, I really found myself enjoying what I was hearing. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a, it's undeniable, like, a lot of this stuff that we showed you. So I'm really glad that you liked it. Um, I think we can move on, right, Michael? Yeah. Okay, so for the first five artists on our playlist, uh, this this list that we're playing for the episode at least, we had a, quite a bit of information. The next one I'm going to, another member of Native Tongues, um, Moni Love. I couldn't find a, a ton about her online. Not that there was a complete dearth of information, but there's just not as much about her as there is about the Wu-Tang Clan or Queen Latifah. Um, so... She's one of the first Brit hop artists to be on a major label and be widely distributed around the world. Um, she was a protege of Queen Latifah. She's, she, up to this date, has put two records out, one in 91, I believe, and one in 93, or one in 90 and one in 93. Um, the song that I'm going to play, It's a Shame, uh, parentheses, My Sister, is her biggest hit. And if you want to hear what she's doing today, um, you could tune into WALR in Atlanta. She's DJing there and she's had a few DJing gigs around the country. Um, it, lyrically, It's a Shame is kind of a chin-up song. It's about um, the narrator is talking to a friend who's been done wrong by a man he's cheated on or he's treated her poorly. She's just kind of like, you know, you just gotta like keep going. You gotta put your chin up. You're way better than that. You're way better than him. Um, so just like a really positive, uplifting message that you could expect from the Native Tongues posse. Um, there's some great singing on here. The production is really good. It's got that sort of jazz thing going on a little bit, uh, kind of a jazz soul thing 
it's just excellent. It's a really good early example of women doing really, really well in hip hop music. Um, and I'm glad that it's here and we get to play it. So here it is. chorus is really really indicative of native tongues stuff overall you're going to hear a lot of that if you delve into de la soul specifically um yeah i mean what'd you think andrew why'd you pick this one um case um i mean i liked the lyrics a lot loved her flow and delivery everything was really solid there um the thing that really pushed this one over the top and Again, kind of rivaling from my favorite song that I heard uh, in this playlist, Instrumentals, without a doubt. The, the sampling is fantastic. And I was actually going to ask if you, either of you two knew this one, but I actually Googled it myself. And I think it actually, in, according to whosampled.com, exploring the DNA of music, uh, she uh, actually sampled a Motown song by the Spinners of the same name. Yep. I don't know if it's the funk riff you hear under the verses or if that's or it's a really cool guitar riff here at the start i'm not sure but uh maybe you guys have a more specific answer for that but yeah no um it uh no i love the sampling it's probably the best use of it that i heard um throughout this entire playlist yeah this is definitely an example of the kind of sampling i like it's just a taking a really great song turning it on its head and making it into something completely new and it's it's pretty fast as well which makes it stand out from a lot of the other stuff here is you can only go so fast in hip hop music. Um, but this is really excellent all around. Um, I love wanna... this one too. This yeah. is, this is a great, uh, this is a great rolling in the car song. You know what I mean? Windows down kind of song, especially now that the weather's getting warmer. Oh yeah. That's oh, yeah. Uh, if you, if you hit up that playlist after the episode, there's a lot of really great stuff on there like that. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty important now that you're moving forward and, get you got this new gig andrew it's like these commutes to midland the best way to experience hip-hop and rap music is in the car i mean it's just without a doubt 
So, you know, as you continue forward in your musical journey, if you hear a song one way as you're laying in bed at home with your headphones on, listen to it in the car and you might have another reaction. I'm sure you've, you're starting yeah. to figure that out already. Yeah, a lot of the, because uh, I listened to like the first quarter, I think, of this playlist, kind of like in my room and most of, most of the rest of it was in the car. And a lot of those songs really benefited, especially um, I was listening to, um, was it, yeah, Eric B and Rakim in, in the... Uh, uh, car as well, not really benefited from that. Uh, this this one, Money Love Song, I actually was in my red room, so maybe I need to re-experience it like you said, my yeah. drive. So cool. All right. right. Well we can move on to uh this next one that I got for you, Andrew, which I'm very excited about, but I want to pull up my notes. Um because this one we also have some female representation, but way newer. In fact, this might be the newest song that we have yes. on here. Um, and yeah, Nokia is definitely the newest rapper on the playlist. Her, her first mixtape, Honeysuckle, came out in 2015. But the song we have on here um, is off Everything is Beautiful, which it came out only a year ago. So I think Nokia is a great example of how rap as a genre grew to be more accepting and inclusive as the years went on, which honestly can be said for a lot of genres of music, like Ben was saying at the very beginning. She's repping not only the female community, but also the growing queer community of rappers. She identifies as bisexual and as a gender non-conforming, using both they, them, and she, her pronouns. Yeah. So I don't know a lot of Nokia's material outside of this particular mixtape, but I do know this song, Gemini, and I wanted it on here really badly for this sort of lo-fi trip hop beat and her sort of husky growling delivery on the whole thing. It really reminds me of like MF Doom on some of his Victor Vaughn projects. Um, why Andrew, I mean, you were, you requested the female representation, but this was on there even before you made that request. And I knew you were going to take this to this one pretty immediately. Um, Nokia is very new in the game, but she has already proven herself to be a very, very unique, um, to have a unique delivery, um, you know, knows how to make decisions production wise that really make her stand out. And I think this song is just kind of quirky, and you're kind of a quirky dude, Andrew. So, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> kind of quirky. That's a compliment or not? But thank you. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if she's insulting or identifying with the um, the inner the like the stellar uh, like star sign sort of culture, but uh, either way, I respect it. She makes a Harry Potter reference. So hey, let's hear Gemini. Fly, fly guy. I am Gemini, two heads, one eye. I am Gemini, like Pac, Andre, Lauren, and Kanye, boy George, and Anne Frank. I am Gemini, but no, I'm not fake. I am Gryffindor, but don't move like snake. I am Gemini, people love to call me crazy, but they judging and they hating, and I'm too gone for explaining. I am Gemini. June 14th, and all the famous rappers got a sign like me, and all the famous rappers got a heart like me, but I know that I'm different and they're not quite me, I'm the horoscope hole, I'm the planet and moon, I'm the rising ascendant, fifth degree to the moon, I'm the witch of your dreams, I'm the voice in your head, your husband sent me a DM and I just left him on red, my planet's Mercury, 
my element is here. I'm such a free spirit that I don't fucking care. If I got a blind I am moving out my chair. You can kiss my dairy here. Excellent yeah. beat. Yes, and it's nonstop like that the entire song. There's not really a a chorus. There's not really like a, a break in that flow. And you know, that's something that like I feel like a lot of rap now is moving in sort of that direction, the unconventional songwriting. Um, so I like how Nokia kind of crosses the um, the old with the new. I mean, I don't know if this is true because it came off of Wikipedia, but she's taking influences from like Queen Latifah and Moni and like all of these classics we're talking about, but she also takes influences from Slipknot and Korn. So... <laughs> I mean, come the fuck on. How cool is that? So I'm like, I'm all here for Princess Nokia. I'm I'm all here. I'm it's so excited to see the other stuff she comes out with. But this is about Andrew. So what do you think, Andrew? Is, is this your weird way, Michael, of getting me to approve of something that came from Korn and Slipknot? <laughs> no, if, not if, at if all. No, so, if so, it's kind of changes. I like this a lot. <laughs> so, hey, get, well, good job on you, Michael. No, I, I like this. And, you know, you're not going to hear a lot of this stuff from me. Granted, you guys didn't put much of it, but kind of this, like, lo more lo-fi kind of trip-hop stuff. Um, it's not something that I really, at least at this moment, not really drawn to. I like more of the forceful, really more forceful kind of aggressive stuff that we heard, like, Queen, Queen Latifah. Um, we heard with the Wu-Tang Clan later, some of the stuff later on. But I put this, I kind of singled this one out because i really again really like the instrumentals it kind of just weird kind of like dream effect it felt like kind of the instrumentals almost feel like you're kind of falling in and out of sleep the way it kind of all kind of fades in and out and the weird static the static noise behind it kind of adds to that effect it's really cool and i heard delivery is really interesting and i don't know i i, I just really enjoy um uh how how she approaches uh flow um and uh, you know just to kind of round up this discussion you no know, we've kind of talked a lot about having female representation and as important as i do think that is and i think especially it's important to especially acknowledge that when talking about someone like I don't know, queen latifah uh, so with a song like unity um i mean I, I i i still kind of hate the fact we have to kind of single out you know female older a female rapper or you know a, a queer female artist i mean yeah obviously acknowledging stuff sometimes but i hate that we can still even have to have that discussion you know it's like why can't they just be a rapper like everyone else you know it really sucks and hopefully artists like uh um princess nokia continue to uh break down those barriers as we move forward uh she is she is the newest rapper we talked about here and i think um if if the future of the genre sounds like this i'm definitely coming coming along with it i mean this is really cool sounding stuff that's good to hear andrew um, honestly, in, in moving backwards to our, our final historical act, but in getting a lot more hardcore, um, this is up, this is a big one for me. We're going to be talking about public enemy next. Um, specifically the song, by the time I get to Arizona from apocalypse 91, the enemy strikes black. Um, they're the final of their very critically acclaimed first five albums. Um, so Public Enemy, like Wu-Tang Clan, what can I say that hasn't been said? They're obviously a highly political hip-hop group fronted uh, by Chuck D and Flavor Flav, and there's just sort of a rotating cast of people around them. I'd like to uh, 
point out Professor Griff, who, um, not a good guy, but released a really weird solo album after he left or was kicked out of Public Enemy about like, uh, like UPC codes being the number of the beast and stuff like that. Um, but Public Enemy specifically, they're super important in all of hip hop, specifically the New York City scene. They started in roughly 85 is when they were getting in. Um, the group's first album features production from not only Rick Rubin, but also the Bomb Squad, which is their pioneering production team that included Chuck D, um, who were known for like harsh, atonal, sample-heavy beats. There's On every Public Enemy record, you're hearing like five samples a song. That's usually a low number. Um, by the time I get to Arizona specifically, and this is really the big reason that I thought Andrew was going to like it, is a very specific political song based around the Arizona governor, Evan Mecham or Meacham, canceling Martin Luther King Jr. Day in Arizona in the late 80s because um, it wasn't yet like a totally nationally recognized holiday. Um, and then the people of Arizona voted against it being reinstated as a holiday after that. Um, it's kind of Chuck D's uh, assassination revenge fantasy song about going to Arizona and blowing Meacham up with a car bomb. Um <laughs> When the band would play this on stage, they would hang an effigy of a Klansman. And when they played um, in Tempe, Arizona in 1992, opening for none other than U2, um, they performed only this song. In their opening slot, they performed only By the Time I Get to Arizona and then walked off stage. That was the only song they played that night. Um, Also, in in other things that Andrew doesn't like, uh, the title was taken from a specifically the Isaac Hayes cover, which is fine, of the song By the Time I Get to Phoenix, which is a Glenn Campbell song. Um, But this is an absolutely legendary song. It's about a very specific historical event um, that is unfortunately still relevant in a way today, By the Time I Get to Arizona, by Public Enemy, one of the greatest hip-hop groups of all time. Play it before Andrew speaks. PE number one gets the job done. Yeah, I mean, 
that is they are one of my favorite groups ever. Why did you pick this one, Andrew? Um, because Public Enemy. I don't. Do you need more of a reason than that? I, uh, I. So they're one of the groups that I was maybe slightly familiar with, partly because uh, they they they've done some stuff or sampled some stuff I really like, particularly in the world of metal. So that's one of the reasons I I've kind of appreciated them for a while because. Uh, um, you know, there is kind of this, you know, with a lot of groups, there's this kind of unsung uh, uh, kind of collaboration of love between the genres. So it's not like super well documented. And of course, a lot of the examples of rap metal, especially by the time you got to the early 90s, became a really horrible, awful, just, just flop. I don't need to get into that. But no, if we're talking about like with Public Enemy, they did a really fun version of a the Anthrax song, Bring the Noise with Anthrax. They both collaborated on that together. And I actually listened to that. Uh, for the first time, because I never, I realized I never had listened to the whole thing all the way through uh, in preparation for this episode. Really good. And they also, if I may indulge myself slightly here, they, um, on one of their early records, uh, takes a nation of millions to hold us back. They sampled a, um, they sampled a, a riff from Angel of Death by Slayer on the uh, song She Watches, she, she Watched Channel Zero. Yeah, really cool song, uh, and so is this one. My God, you guessed correctly, Ben. And I loved this song. The lyrics are just awesome. I did not know the story. This is very much in the same vein as like the Dead Kennedys and Jelly Biafa, referring to a very specific historical event at that point in time. But everyone knows me how much of a Biafa nerd I am, so this fits right up my alley. Uh, his revenge fantasy is so well written and so well done. I love. Oh, what's the line um, in here that I really like? Um, I, I'm on. A, I think you played it in the clip. I'm on a. I'm on a one mission to get a politician to honor, or he's a goner by the time he gets to Arizona. I think I slightly botched that, but whatever. Uh, just, 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 just so great. And uh, I didn't know about the U2 thing either. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I love it so much. <laughs> Since, yeah, no, this, 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 everything I know about Public Enemy, I, I, everything I've learned about Public Enemy over the years, I, I've loved. Everything I've heard of from Public Enemy over the years, I've, I've loved. I uh, really liked that track that you played for us, Ben, on our political anthems episode last season. What was it? Uh, Diamond Once a Joke. Yeah, that, that was great too. I mean, yeah, no, I, I. I this is my other, my third song. I said it's tied for my favorites, along with Unity, and uh, uh, it's a shame. This is just, uh, I love Public Enemy. I want to listen to more. I don't know where to start with Public Enemy, but I want to listen to more because this is great. Well, um, before we move on, good places to start would be either pick uh, "It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back" or "Fear of a Black Planet." Those are probably the two biggest of their records, and very, very rewarding listens both. But I mean. Flavor Flav and Chuck D, two of the most iconic voices in hip-hop music. Um, I Not even in my opinion, just objectively. So that's excellent. Talking about uh, modern hip-hop again, though, Michael, um, we're, gonna, we're about to talk about another very iconic voice. <laughs> what, what a way to, uh, to end my round of uh, talking points here with uh, one of the most contentious names in experimental hip-hop today. Okay. Um, I prepared no notes for this one. I'm, I'm, this is going straight from, from memory. But yeah, we, we got to talk about Death Grips a little bit. Um, specific, I mean, popularized, I have to say, by Anthony Fantano and the Needle Drop YouTube channel. I mean, that man 
brought Death Grips uh, to a whole new level of popularity when he gave the Money Store a 10. And he continues to rate these albums so incredibly high. And uh, there's a reason for that. These, uh, these collection of guys, um, you know, mainly at the front of it is uh, Zach Hill, from who we've actually talked about it before in our math rock episode um because he started as a a blast beat drummer for that band hella um and then eventually moved over to more of a hip-hop type thing uh with uh stefan otherwise known as mc ride um at the front of it and you know you guys have probably at least heard death grips whether it's in a meme whether it's in a clip, uh, whether it's in like a, a a video of like some scared Christian white person talking about them, because uh, it, it's it's like really abrasive music and it's very uh, scary to to babies like that. So I I I actually didn't um, choose this song right away. I chose. I wanted to choose something off of um, X Military, which is their first mixtape that actually is not on Spotify because the sampling is just so outrageously. I mean, it takes such large clips of each song that um, it, it enters in some copyright sort of uh, irregularities. So Brody recommended we put in Hothead off of Bottomless Pit, which is essentially a punk record. Um, this is probably the closest song on here to a true uh, punk song other than what you'd find on ex-military. Um, so I don't really know what else to say because I really just want to hear what Andrew thinks. So go ahead and play Hothead a little bit. So yeah, that was a little bit of death grips. Um, honestly, did it need to be on the playlist? Probably not, but I feel like Andrew just needs to get a little bit of this sort of death grips uh, narrative cleared up a little bit because I mean I don't I don't know a single uh, collective that's been memed more than this than these guys. Uh, I mean, so. I mean, Michael, I, 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 I actually will disagree. I think uh, it did need to be on here because honestly, with again you curating this, it'd be like Kendrick Lamar. If this wasn't on here, I'd honestly be disappointed. Really? Um, and of course, again, another name I've heard a lot about, especially because of Anthony DeFantano. She mentioned Michael. Um, heard so much about the Death Grips over the years, and you know they're a band that's interested me for a long time. I know you. Michael at some point recommended me a song. I don't remember the name of it, but sampled the riff from Black Flags Rise Above. And it was like a slowed down sluggish version of it. And he had this just crazy, just 
delivery. Uh, I forget the name of who's what, what, what's what's his what's who's the rapper's name again? M- MC Rye. Yeah, he Rye had a, just this weird delivery over it. What what song was that again? Do you remember the title? Clank. Uh, Clank. Yeah. It, well, yeah. It wasn't about. It was about like police brutality. It's like it was, it was. Yeah. A lot of their songs are hyper political, but it, it gets lost too often in like this guy's delivery. I mean, yeah, it's screamy. It's weird, but. Uh, there is nobody in the rap game doing yeah. something like this. But I remember really appreciating that because it sounded different. It sounded nothing else like I had heard before, except for, I guess, Rise Above. Even that was, didn't sound very familiar like the one I knew. So it was really cool. Um, this one, I, I again, I don't know the genre very well, but this almost doesn't sound like that to me. It was like, it. this is this weird, glitchy mess of just insanity just being hurled at me. Uh, I, I I liked it a lot. I don't know why, but I did. Um, you know, again, I don't really know the lyrical content too much in this one. If you could, uh, I don't know if you're able to uh, disclose that more for me, Michael, but. Um, I really can't, but well, fair enough. I'll look up. How about this? Um, since Death Grips music is so often uh, misinterpreted, Let's go on. Um, genius, I'm assuming. Yes, yes. genius. My, my personal friend for this episode. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, 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 I like this a lot. I guess it's very punky. Obviously, that's why I, was, I, I drew to it a lot. And uh, yeah, I, 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 this at first, I, I thought, that, I don't know if this is exactly what I was expecting when I saw that there was going to be a Death Grips song on here, but then I realized I wasn't expecting anything. And then expecting anything with the Death Grips is probably stupid. So yeah. This is, this is cool. I don't have oh, anything else to say. This is kind of interesting. Uh, this is the first time we'll do this, and probably the only time we're going to a, read a genius entry. But um, during the coherent sections, <laughs> the song's lyrics are highly self-referential, alluding to the paradigm of control Death Grips has over obsessive fans. The song's structure also reflects this relationship, <laughs> building and releasing much like the band's does when toying with their fans' emotions. Dude, if that is true, that is awesome. I love that so much. I, I love it when fan when like artists just kind of slightly screw with their fans. I know it's one of my favorite things about the latter day port parts of like John's time in the Beatles, uh, John Lennon's time in the Beatles. He write just song completely gibberish, meaningless songs like I Have the Walrus, just to just have Beatles fans overanalyze its meaning when it had none to begin with. So. Yeah. I love stuff like that. That's awesome. So, uh, yeah. So you heard it here first. Death Grips is the Beatles. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely not what I said, but thank you, Ben, for trying. Um, And to round us out, I am going to talk about yet another group that I don't know that much about, um, but you can't really know much more than a 13-minute song uh, where half of it is their fans calling in about how great they are. So, um I'm going to be talking about your favorite rap song, aptly named, by Flatbush Zombies, who are a modern hip-hop group that I got hip to um, last summer uh, by a friend that they they sort of soldier on in the influences of a lot of the stuff we've played today while putting a modern spin on it. Um, there's obviously like a Wu-Tang, NWA, Biggie Smalls influence here, and there's kind of a psychedelic tinge that could be taken from Native Tongues sort of stuff. Um, it seems to me like the mastermind is Eric Elliott, uh, primarily because 
in interviews, he was the one who spoke the most. He was the one who seemed to have the most wide-ranging influences in terms of samples. I think he's producing as well. And he was the only member of the three that didn't trip super hard on psychedelic mushrooms and come out the other side a new man. <laughs> so I think he's sort of masterminding everything. Um, your favorite rap song is kind of it's lyrically a bit all over the place it's sort of a wu-tang style like we're really cool kind of thing um it features several extended verses over a kind of sparse drums and piano beat which also reminds me of wu-tang um and then it ends with like six ish minutes of what sounds to me like uh voicemail messages of fans that are like wow you guys like saved my life or like flatbush zombies sucks just sort of like whatever i assume they opened up a phone line or something to get all those i don't really know but um this is a truly epic song i would encourage anyone to go out of their way and listen to the whole thing we're going to listen to uh about th two minutes of it i think so here we go Moving through life like there ain't no tomorrow Blazing all these mics like Showtime at Apollo Thinking about my life full circle and the sorrow Gotta get the cream, money, motivation, greens galore Yeah, I like that shit, bro Tell me how that shit feel Living legend 20-something, imagine how my dick feel God damn it, I'm just on my shit feel Men win and men lose, sometimes a friend too Scheming on the top, some feathers fell from the fuck I never felt like I'm not swagger It's in my roots, New York, we the Greatest. These rap niggas haters, most you niggas wanna be. I can see it in they faces. Been like the same since 17 beating cases. Same drugs and same names, different places. Same kick game, perspective just switched lanes. Been hot for four years, my nigga Isaac Blaze. The truth, meaning it seems underground kings still hot. Without my wings, survive. And still I dream equality and loyal over fallacies and more. And where I come from, the hood is still niggas poor. Pour another bottle, fuck America's dreams. Do it for your family and life ain't what it seems. Get it how you live and album sales wouldn't matter. Still running through you niggas like a motherfucking blotter. I was conceived under the rubble of the builders. That's new crumble back in 1960-something. Someone once told me suffering would lead to the discovery of something deep in the peace. Mind Body, soul, holy trinity, the dark man rides the pale horse down the road to checkerboard. Colliders go vision, my vision in vividest form. My prism is shimmering, glistening, I'm giving off. Array of light, ironic, cause my name comes from the dark. I am a spawn of the sin of my pops. Yeah, I, I mean, just you heard two of the three, but just really, really unique flows and voices on everybody in that group, and that makes for a super engaging song, uh, despite the length. So, I mean, what, what was it about this one, Andrew? I, was, I just put this on. This was like our big finisher for the playlist. And I really didn't think that a 13-minute long rap song that doesn't totally have a hook was going to hook you in. But apparently it did. So, why? Yeah, this is an interesting one. So, it seemed like you, you all kind of tossed a lot of the more experimental stuff at the end here. And... Uh, after going through everything, again, I was with me and my girlfriend in the car. We heard this, and we saw like this, like like thirteen minutes long. It had this really crazy looking artwork on it. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like I can. Uh, oh, I'll go back to that real quick. Uh, it was it was with the album was called Three Thousand One: A Laced Odyssey, which is really fun. It's a really funny name. 
yeah, she's got the. I'm assuming what are the uh, the the group members here, all in kind of interesting outfits. They have like a three eyed like bulldog, like a devil peeking out of like a, a like a like a sewer like cut hood. I think I think uh, there's like a hand holding a like a bloodshot eye in the sky. I don't know what's happening on the cover. But it's weird and interesting, like this song. It, like you said, it kind of goes all over the place. I feel like th there's no real rhyme or reason for the topic, but it actually kind of worked. It kind of flows from being kind of kind of like that braggadocious style of writing sometimes to even like hinting at like a, um, a, a, a some political themes as well. Uh, personally, I, I I enjoyed all the professional wrestling references that they threw in there. Although the Chris Benoit one was a little tasteless. If you don't know who that is, you can cautiously look at that in your own time. I'm not talking about that asshole here, but um, yeah, no, it, it's a really um, yeah, it's a really interesting uh, listen because just the more it goes, it just keeps going, and it just just. It just like kind of befuddles you again. I really like that piano beat. Really like that the the guy you kind of cut off at the end, uh, Ben. I don't know. I don't know their names, but uh, whoever had that really gruff voice had a really cool delivery. The first guy had a really kind of slightly off kilter, but kind of cool delivery as well. Um, and yeah, I mean the 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 part where they're reading like their fans' voicemail, like the playing their fans' voicemails, I should say, kind of went on too long. In fact, yeah. it definitely went on too long. But it was also very entertaining. I mean, it probably would just get old if you wanted to just hear the song like on repeat, you know, or not, not repeat. You know, if you wanted to go back and listen to the song regularly, yeah, that would get annoying. But I don't know. You can just skip it whenever you get tired of it. But I, I, it was just the weirdness of it, I think, just kind of drew me into it. And I think that's why I kind of wanted to highlight it here. I mean, I didn't really think, didn't really see any other songs that, even touch even get near to touching this length and i just kind of all of it just kind of interested me yeah it's definitely a good example of how that classic 90s sound is being interpreted and reinterpreted today so it's it's a good one to end on honestly i agree um and i think do you have any other bit songs or artists guys that you want to want to ask me about that i didn't touch oh, on? oh yeah that's right we did we did we have a uh, we have a bit of a dilemma here uh, Andrew, that okay. we need to quickly address. I've, I'm assuming there's a couple of dilemmas on this list from both of you. So, I have, yeah. I think I know what, ben, what you're about to say, Michael. Ben, why don't you say it? Oh, well, um, so we, we've talked about some of the most famous rap groups of all time, and I've mentioned this name a few times, but there's an egregious omission on your top 10, which is there's no. no songs by a tribe called Quest, despite the fact that we broke our own rule and had two. Of their yeah. songs so why is that <laughs> i don't know uh, i i liked them i think i really i think i like the second one you had second song you put in here hold on i'm gonna find that i don't remember what it was i think it's um is it we the people yeah or bugging out yeah yeah that was a cool one i really like that one but bugging out was fine, but I really like We the People. I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I liked them. I mean, but I, again, I really liked that more aggressive, forceful delivery. And I didn't really get that as much with a Tribe Called Quest, I felt like. Yeah. I think that's that was, true. I mean, that's really it. I mean, like, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it, but it just didn't, um, I don't know. It just didn't hit me as much as, um, as, as the other stuff. I don't really have much to read for it, but 
I don't know. I, I I know they're kind of a kind of part of that weird like experimental hip hop. Didn't didn't they kind of come near starting the alternative rap genre? I could well, be right. Wrong. I mean, they were there with De La Soul and all all like Queen Latifah and Pony <clears throat> Love and all these other groups we're talking about. But so do you, something else I wanted to ask you about personally is the other artist we broke our one song per artist rule for was Tyler the Creator, um, and I saw also lack of Tyler the Creator stuff on there. So I was wondering if why that didn't move you. Um, I don't you know, I, I think I need more time with him. Like, I don't know. Like, um nine one one slash Mr. Lonely was fine. I kinda like the two parter. It was really weird. Um I the um I will say Death Camp, which you also put from Cherry from Cherry Bomb, almost made almost made my list. I, I kinda really like the weird aggression to that one. Again, I don't know. I, I I just think for Tyler, I need more time with. You know, again, he's a name I've heard about for a long time. I I, I know he's uh, another important. Um, not want to talk about uh, you know queer rep- representation in music. Definitely important name there as well. But I I don't I don't know. Um, again, I can't really say much more beyond that. Um, I, 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 again, other than I, I think I just need more time with Tyler. So, but I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like not like him. Um, I, I just think he was just a little too weird for me. I think he's just a little, I think, I think that's the issue. Like he's a little too weird for me, like outside my comfort zone at this point in time. Yeah. Someday. So, someday. But I like Death Camp a lot. So okay. that makes you feel better, bud. It does. I also, I also have another gripe. One, okay. this, this is the last okay. one. This is the last one I'm curious about. Because, the only other time I think I brought hip hop on the show is during our Christmas episode and our short songs episode. Oh, and short short songs that. too. Actually, yeah, and both of those episodes and this one I brought MF Doom. What do you got against my boy MF Doom? You know what I? No, I I don't think he's bad. I don't know what it's about. I. I don't know if it's his delivery or if his voice. It's something there. I don't know. He just never has grabbed me. And I don't want to speak ill. I'm not trying to speak ill of the dead here. I know he unfortunately recently passed away, but I, I don't know. I don't know. She's something about MF Doom just not hitting me. I can't, again, I'm not into the genre, so I can't really exactly point my finger as to what. I'm guessing it's somewhere in the focal slash delivery department. Not for me. I don't know. Well, as we were going through this episode, I, I, you may have seen me on my phone a few times. I've been making some notes because now I want to make a call to any of the, the listeners that may be doing this right now. Um, as Andrew keeps saying, even after this episode, he's very new to this genre. So I'm calling to you to uh, send some suggestions to Andrew. He's, he plugged his Twitter at the beginning. But um, if you – here's yeah, some well. of the main – Here's some of the main takeaways I've been taking uh, here from the stuff that Andrew's been really liking. Um, a, a, a sampling and production style that's rooted in uh, either jazz or Motown or some of the more classic um, eras of black music with uh, lots of piano and horns and upright bass, that kind of sound. Um, so kind of this classic production style, but still heavy um, and, and kind of rocking you with the beats um, for the slower stuff, maybe some trip hop like we heard on, on Gemini, um, maybe some stuff that's kind of reminiscent of, you know, Portis Head or maybe some of this stuff that's kind of slowed down and groovy um, for some of the slower material. 
Um, obviously got to throw some female representation in there if you got some, but main takeaway here, I think should be, um, in terms of lyrical content, get some political lyrics with citing specific, uh, examples of crime, um, of social instances or, uh, you know, stuff like that, where people get, are getting angry at politicians, angry at foreign affairs incidents, stuff like that, stuff that Andrew probably spends hours reading up on. Um, is that a good uh, representation, Andrew? Any other elements that you'd like people to send you in their, uh, in their recommendations? I, I think that's, I think that's um, everything. I mean, if you want to go back to sampling, anything that samples, anything out of stuff I used to listen to, rock and punk and whatnot, I like that a lot too. Or does any famous song for that matter, anything that kind of, yeah. you know, you know, anything like that, I really like the idea of reworking stuff. And if you don't mind me real quick, I do want to quickly, I promise this episode's long enough already, I do want to quickly list a couple songs that almost made on my uh, top ten list, if you don't yeah. mind. Yeah. Um, uh, I, uh, kind of towards the bottom of your uh, weird experimental section, uh, you had June 26, uh, 1999, uh Dash Purpose, which was uh, by an artist called Z Puddle Dynamics. I don't know, I don't know what that really is, but I really like their introspective and kind of introspective lyrics and the kind of the gloomy, uh, melodic atmosphere they put. That was really cool. Uh, Functified by Debrat. I did know that one as well, thanks to my partner. Oh, it's so close. The hook is so good on that song. Really like that one. Uh, Die Like a Rockstar, Danny Brown. Really like the lyrics to that. Um, yeah. well, that's our first mention of a Detroit boy too. I was uh, surprised no Detroit rappers made it on there. Yeah, um, is Jay Dilla from Detroit? Jay Dilla is Detroit. Yeah. He was cool too. Um, I really liked Rerolled Deep" by the Conscious Daughters. That was cool. Yeah. Uh, Laura Hill, Doo Wop, that thing almost made it on there. I know I need to get into. I know uh, the Miseducation of Laura Hill is a classic, along with the, the Fuji's material as well. I know yeah. we need to get into the Fuji's. And the song, if, if this was made to 11, uh, or if you maybe you even picked a different song from this artist, if you had stretched this out to 11, I would have definitely put in, uh, uh, was it Break of Dawn by uh, Salt and Pepper. I love Salt and Pepper. Um, if you put like uh, None of Your Business, or maybe even the classic What a Man, it, I would have had Sacrifice, one of the songs I brought on here for, for that one. Love Salt and Pepper. Just so good. I love them. So, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of sums up of what I really liked here. I, again, they, I liked every song. I don't know if we'll post the full 35-song playlist to Twitter. I liked every song on there, except the Beastie Boys one. Sorry. Sorry, Ben. No, so don't you, – you, you, can't, you, can't, you can't swing me around in them. You can't. But um, – yeah, no, uh, I I can, I think for say for certain, I don't know enough for the genre already. This is only 35 songs to listen to, plus a handful of other ones I've picked up on over the years. I think I can call myself at least a a passive fan of the genre. Not yeah. knowledgeable, but I've heard I really enjoyed. So congratulations, Michael. Your, 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 your college long goal has been fulfilled. Round of and applause. I, and I, yeah, and I'm not done yet. I think... Um, from this, I think Ben and I will do a little more homework and we'll, we'll, we'll collect something that, uh, you know, is a little more refined. This was kind of like the dipping your toes in. Now we can get hyper specific. So yeah. we'll have recommendations coming your way.
Yeah, definitely one here. So, you know what? No, there are some big names I didn't see on here. I want, I'd love to hear some, you know, more childish Gambino. I'd love to hear some uh, uh, NWA, Tupac. I didn't see any Tupac. That surprised me. So, mm-hmm. I don't well, know. Yeah. And, I, and, and one, more, one more recommendation, too. Definitely check out Hip Hop Evolution. It's a great documentary. I suggest you watch it, too, Andrew, when you get some time. I know you're settling into your new job, but you'll get there. Yeah. We'll get- so... Let's speed through these recommendations and, and get on with our Sunday evenings. Yes, let's do it. And you are going to be up first, Michael. So Okay, fantastic. I have uh, a song by another experimental hip-hop artist named Shabazz Palaces. This is a Canyon recommendation. Uh, we brought him up in a couple episodes ago. Shout out to Canyon. Uh, yeah, I, this was recommended to me uh, two years ago. But this particular song from this particular album is a performance at none other than Third Man Records in Nashville, uh, invited personally by Jack White. He shouts out Jack White on this one. The crowd reaction's insane. Um, I love, love, love this song. And, uh, you know, I, I, we originally, uh, I, I thought of this because I was a little PO'd that Andrew had no uh, tribe called Quest. So, you know, um, kind of a clown move. But here's clown music. I show off with no loss, it's so soft, it's so soft. We don't fuck with you no more, and there's no loss. Pump you, talk to you like Trump, do you no loss? In a sprint and bed, just rock a limb, mash you do not. Sign the pick me up, and they go in the new Porsche. These are just a purse, use a jerk like the new boys. Talking shit, pop is weak. You're not, you make it rock to sleep. Very cool. Yeah. Didn't want to didn't want to overplay that one because it is a live record, so you should experience the full thing. But go ahead, Ben. I think you're next. Yeah. So um, you hear lots of names thrown around when you hear about like the start of rap music. I mean, like the the proto rap music you hear about, like the last poets, Gil Scott Heron, stuff like that. Um, I have an artist who was around at that time, but he wasn't making rap music yet. Um, this guy, he was doing, you know, he he dabbled in a lot of stuff. He was doing. He's brought in elements of reggae into his stuff before. He's brought in, like, 80s production later in the 80s. He brought in, you know, just straight rock and roll, some folk kind of stuff, some country kind of stuff even. Um, This guy really, he got in on rap sort of in the early times. It was, like, uh, 1986, I think, is when the song I'm about to play you is from. But um, this is an artist that I really enjoy, and I'd really like to share this with everybody. So I've indulged in high knowledge to scan of encyclopedia. Keeping constant research of our reports in news media. Kids starving in Ethiopia, <laughs> and we are getting greedier. The rich are getting richer. Get Bob Dylan out of here. Oh, sh- oh, sorry. That was for. That was wrong. Um, I haven't actually. That was the closer, wasn't it? I haven't. No, no. I have an actual recommendation. Um, that was Bob Dylan. The joke is that was Bob Dylan on Curtis Blow's album, which we talked about a while ago. Okay. On, our, on the first episode of the season, I think. So, strange, strange collaborations. Go listen to that. Anyways, yeah. So if you want to hear more of Bob Dylan rapping, um, there actually isn't any more because that's it. But my actual recommendation. So high C and uh, Michael's listening to this whole album, so he can back me up. 
uh, a West Coast rapper with a great sunny sound, specifically on the song I'm about to play. Not very well known, a very sparse Wikipedia article for him and this record. Um, but this song I'm about to play, Sitting in the Park, has a great sample. Um, and it's probably one of the happiest sounding rap songs I've ever heard in my entire life. So I would really love to share this with you because this is like probably at least top five in terms of rap music for me. So this is Sitting in the Park by High C. great song for lyrics too because it's actually about i thought it was just a straight up love song at first it's actually about a guy who he's been sort of screwing around with people he hasn't really ever gotten serious with someone and he finally feels that way and then he gets stood up he's bought the ice cream he's bought the flowers and then he's just sitting on a bench and he's like <laughs> come on so i like it a lot um yeah that's a, that's you've listened to that whole thing right michael yes great song yeah so that's that's mine. That's my real one. Uh, Andrew, let's get to yours. All right. I will. I believe it or not, I have a rap song I want to recommend. I know. Whoa, crazy. The the, the, the absolute noob. The whole the whole thing that the show is centered around. In fact, I'm a noob. I actually have one. I a rap song I want to recommend. Um, and this is hardly a recommendation though, because um, you know me. I like to try to recommend things that are more obscure. Things that. Your average music fan is a good chance of them not have not having heard before. Uh, this is not probably not the case. In fact, the song I'm about to recommend is over uh, almost 15 million monthly listens. Sorry, yeah, 15 million monthly listens to Spotify. So, um, it's hardly obscure, but whatever. We're gonna roll with it because what else am I? What other rap song? What other obscure quote unquote rap songs am I gonna recommend on here? Uh, the artist is Little Sims, and hopefully. She's at least obscure enough for this recommendation here in the, in the U.S. because she's actually a U.K. artist. Um, and I, I, my partner my partner recommended me her uh, um, a few months ago, and she's relatively new too. I don't know how far back her discography goes. I think it's like yeah, 2014, so not too far. Um, I she has this kind of like more. Uh, I guess kind of uh, more smooth, uh, you know, more lo-fi kind of 
delivery and her flow. And uh, it's not exactly for me, but I don't mind it. But the thing I really like about her, her instrumental game is on point. She she creates just absolutely fantastic, sometimes even very pretty instrumentals, and it works really well. And in fact, uh, the example of making a really pretty instrumental uh, is on a song I want to play for you all. It's called 101 FM. No, not not the uh, not the crappy rock station in Detroit. Um, no, it's uh, I don't know what what that's in reference to, but uh, the song is really cool, so I want to play that for you. Avelino used to make tracks Living die in the LDN and ends is mad She's crazy Trappers in a whole family in the same damn flat Eve trying to get a salary while Adam out here licking shots to the cats Don't let Shibs on a Friday pulling up a J-Bob's gas Two-two gal getting moved by two-two man Come off the decks if you can't mix it's not happening More time gunshots in the air like bat, 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 mad Book smart with the bars but I never learned that from school 16 doing out radio sets, I'm spinning up all them fools. Spinning up, spinning up, hey. Times I will get home late to my mumsy's crib. Simbi, who you with? What have you done? Where have you been? Shit. Tears in my eyes, real tears when Ken got nicked. Tore everyone apart, but the law don't give two shits. I, I can't tell what you think of that, Ben, from your faces. You are just more and more unpredictable with every day that goes by. He really is, man. We we avoided songs like that because we were worried, like the kind of flowery production, like modern style, you would not take to. Like, yeah, that's very know, much like I could have done Frank Ocean. I could have done like. <laughs> I don't know. Like I I don't know if I yeah I, I think you guys are probably right to avoid that. To be honest, I don't know. Like she has more like aggressive like grimier songs that I, I thought about bringing up, but I don't know. I just think instrumental that's the most interesting. Yeah. I, I'm going to call it as the case of the instrumental, not the production, but mm-hmm. I like it. I don't know if you guys do. You, you just never cease to amaze no. us. No. I have to say, though, before we leave, um, if you like that, you have a very good chance of liking Tyler, the creator, oh. especially his later stuff. So Yes. And I think with that, with this episode, we have to change our intro guys oh my god we we, i don't know if we can say we're the rock and roll and alternative music podcast i think we got to say welcome to soundcheck the best and longest running music podcast here at central michigan life wow i don't know that's true or not probably is but you know honestly yeah well there you go well that's for you guys to decide because i'm leaving so um (laughs) and the rest of us are leaving too good night detroit no, no, oh, God. no, we, you are not, no, you know, oh, do we have to talk well about the Weezer cruise first, Michael, before we yes. leave, you know, because we got to talk about, we just got to hint at next week's episode because, uh, oh my God, I have like legit, like so giddy, just, just, just hinting that we're going to be doing this because, so we spent a long time today talking about something I was not very familiar with, which I was happy to do. Had a lot of fun. 
Well, we are going to the complete opposite end of that spectrum. <laughs> Ben's already Ben's already dreading the length of this episode that he's gonna have to edit. <laughs> because we are talking about not only something that I'm very familiar with. We are talking about the thing I hint at and talk about too much in the show. We are talking about, without question, my favorite band, musical artist, music act, what have you, ever in existence. These guys are dreading it. I'm beyond excited, like too excited to be honest. We are talking about the one, the only, the almighty, Southern punk, <laughs> Southern California punk rock group, Bad Religion. Ooh. That mm-hmm. is going to be for next week. Shut up. Guys, Let's let do me it. Know. Who's ready I for a five-hour episode? End of my tenure. I was a patient boy. Is this, okay? is this your last ep? It can't Second be. Second to last ep. I'm not, I won't have one. this be the season finale. I won't be greedy. But this had – I, I wanted to at least be – Close to my swan song on this on this podcast, at least full time, at least being here full time, and this has been uh, probably slightly hyped, at least in my brain it has been for ever since we started the show. So I'm I'm beyond excited. I don't know if these two are, but I don't. We gotta we gotta plan that out. Uh, we feel like I I have a plan. I have a plan. Okay, I I trust you, man. I trust you. I have a plan, but this is Andrews. Take the wheel. Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> Very funny. But yes, we're talking about bad religion next week. It's finally going to happen. Um, yeah. Beyond that, though, time for these guys to research. And without a question, what do we say at the end of every episode, boys? Good night, Detroit. 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 Greetings, girl, and welcome to my world of phrasing right up to bat. It's the daisy age, and you're about to walk top stage, so wipe your lottos on the mat. Hip-hop love this is, and don't mind when I quiz your evolvements before the sun. But clear your court, cause this a one-man sport, and who's better for this than plug one? Plug don't one. have to worry about me squashing other deals, cause they've already been squished. Freeze a frame of our moves the same, wish we can continue right behind the bush. You'll stay with me, I know this, but not because of all my earthly treasures, or regardless to the fact that I'm past the noose, but because... Dan sample.